Does the Bible condone slavery? Welcome to Critical Thinking Skin, where we look at how you can think about any faith-challenging message and arrive at a biblical, logical conclusion yourself. I'm Patricia Engler, and today let's begin part one of two videos about another common objection to Christianity, which suggests that the Bible condones slavery. Now, this is a huge topic you can learn about in more detail through the linked resources. For now, let's look at some tips for how to think through this issue biblically. First, we need to identify what we're really concerned about. Some topics like slavery are very emotionally charged because they deal with something incredibly important. So when facing important, sensitive topics, instead of getting immediately swept into the details and potentially sidetracked, it can be worth taking a step back to identify the underlying issues. That's what Jesus often did when people asked him about important, sensitive topics like marriage in Matthew 19. He identified why marriage matters in the first place from Genesis. In this case, we can ask, why does the topic of slavery in the Bible matter? Why are we concerned about it? We're concerned about slavery because it devalues and exploits human life. But why does human life matter? A biblical worldview, not an evolutionary one, answers that. Human life matters because God created every human in His image, loves us, died for us, and seeks relationship with us. We may also be concerned about slavery in the Bible because it raises the question we looked at in the last episode, number 63, is God a bully? Do God's commands about slavery reveal some dark side of His character? The Bible consistently explains that there is no dark side of God's character. You can see that, for instance, from Psalm 92.15. So we don't have to fear what we might discover about God by reading scripture, just what we might discover about ourselves. And besides, to step back even further, the issue we're concerned about here is a moral one. Calling slavery wrong requires making a moral judgment. And like we saw in episode 63, absolute moral judgments are founded in an absolute moral lawgiver. Without our Creator, there's no ultimate foundation for prescribing and upholding moral standards or calling slavery wrong. With those big picture realities in mind, let's think through the slavery question using some of the seven checks of critical thinking. Check number one is to check scripture. So what does the Bible say about slavery? We'll get into more details of that next time. For now, let's start with some broader concepts. First, when checking what scripture commands about relationships like masters and slaves or buyers and sellers, there are usually two things to consider. The, the command's cultural context and the moral principles behind the command. Cultural contexts vary across space and time, but moral principles don't because they're rooted in God's unchanging character. So there are different cultural contexts for commands regulating slavery in the Old and New Testament, and we live in still another context today. To find out what cultures were like in the Old and New Testament, you can look up online Bible commentaries and compare what commentators say about the slavery passages. Though remember, commentaries aren't the inspired word of God. And unfortunately, many commentaries also have compromised views of Genesis, but they're also still um, often helpful for shedding light on other things like cultural significance. Now, something else that's important to remember when checking scripture is to look at the big picture of what the Bible teaches and get our ideas from that, which is exegesis, and not cherry pick verses out of their biblical context to insert human ideas into them, which is eisegesis. In this case, the big picture of the Bible's commandments is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Jesus has called those the greatest commandments on which all the other laws hinge. So those are the unchanging moral principles behind the other commands in scripture, rooted in the reality that God created humans in his image for relationships with him, meaning every human life has value. So if people pick verses to argue that the Bible condones a system that devalues human life, we can be pretty sure they're using eisegesis to do that. We'll keep looking at what the Bible really says about slavery next time. Meanwhile, for more on how to think critically about faith-challenging messages, you can access my other CT scan videos packed with tactics, tips, and tools that helped me as a Christian student at Secular University. Thank you for watching.